I'm your host, Kaylee, and I love my career as a venue manager and now owner. I'm a glutton for punishment, coffee addict, and an ambitious leader. I've seen and done some unglamorous things in this chosen career path, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Let's talk about the ups and downs of venue ownership, and I'll fill you in on the crazy stories, give you some knowledge on the nitty gritty details, and share my passion for this industry. Stick around, and I'm sure you're going to understand why Operating a venue, although rewarding, is elegantly unglamorous. Happy, wait, no, it's not Happy New Year. I don't even know what day of the week it is. Um, Happy late Christmas. (laughs) Um, So I hope everybody had a good Christmas. It's not quite New Year's when you're listening to this, so I will hold off on that until next week. But I'm ready for 2022. It's going to be the best year ever. I mean, there's so many things that we have planned, but there's so many things that, you know, it's just a new year and it's always like a new reset, especially in the wedding world um, and the event world and venue world. It's kind of like a reset because you're moving on to new events. You're letting go of the old contracts. Well, you're you know, filing those away. Um, it's always a great feeling for me. I actually filled up my first huge filing box of storage (laughs) events. So that means I probably have done, I would say I'm around 500 events is how much I have done total within this business. Now I've been a part of other venues. And so that is definitely not my, I would say I'm probably around a thousand, but 500 is a great, you know, a great mile marker here. And uh, it's just super exciting. So I'm ready for 2022 and everything that comes with it. I'm ready to start fresh. Um, It's just one of those times that with the new year, you really need to back it up and reevaluate the previous year, reevaluate any things that went well that did not work at all um, and how you can enhance your business and move it to the next level. Um, So this week, I definitely want to dive on into that topic of what's going to be a good reset for 2022 and what you need to be looking at from 2021 in order to make improvements. So let's dive on in. Okay, so 2022 is right around the corner and it is time to reflect. It's time to look back on 2021 and look at what worked and what didn't work. Um, There's so many things to reflect on in 2021. There's so many different things that you can look back on. But I mean, the most obvious is definitely your financials. You're going to be looking back on these anyways, but look at it deeper, look at it closer with a fine tooth comb and comb through all the gaps. So there's going to be gaps. You're going to see some money pits where you're putting in money that it is just sinking. It's not really benefiting towards your business. It happens every year. You might invest in something that just really didn't have the ROI. Um, So there's so many different things that you can 
review and look through. And one of those things is definitely the gaps. Like for us, the gaps for us is definitely labor. There's so many times that I will hire somebody in or bring them in and they just quit. Then I spend more time putting labor in elsewhere. So paying somebody with a higher salary to do a job that should be done by somebody with a lower salary like dishes. So I have figured, you know, my, my chef has been doing dishes because I brought in a dishwasher. We put so much money into the dishwasher. They really just didn't work out. We really just thought, Hey, we can't get anybody in for a dishwasher and our chef's already here doing all the cleaning. We've got servers. And so let's just have the chef wash dishes. Probably wasn't the best idea for us. It looks like that's probably a money pit because now our chef is washing dishes and also doing their job. So, and we're paying them a higher salary and higher pay rate per hour. So review all that information. Think back, man, did that accelerate with the growth of business or did that accelerate because of bad decisions? So look back on that. Look at your gaps. Where is your money going that it really just doesn't need to go? Did you put a lot into marketing? Are you putting a lot into that wedding wire or the not application? And I will hit on the wedding wire and the knot all the time because I just don't like them. So if you like them, close your ears. This is for us. This is for me here in the Midwest. Wedding wire, the knot, it just doesn't work for us. It, we really get no leads from them whatsoever. And what leads we do get, it's maybe one or two a month, maybe, and they never pan out or book a tour, even though we follow up and treat them just the same as all of our other inquiries. So did you put a bunch of money into, you know, the wedding wire or the night and you just did not see the return? You did not get any bookings from that. Are you monitoring those bookings? If you're like, well, I don't know if I did got any bookings. Well, there's a gap. There's a gap. You really need to monitor that. Um, but there's some money pits where your money is just going, but you're not getting the return on investment that you're, you really need to receive for that. Um, and how do you really close those sinkholes? How do you close those those money pits that you're you're putting every ounce that you really just don't need to? You really don't need to. So that could be like your cost of goods. Are you spending way too much on that toilet paper? <laughs> I say this because I was. I was. I was just buying toilet paper from this vendor because it was just you know, there, it was convenient because I didn't really have to take 30 seconds to go look, um, at another website or to be honest, guys, Costco shipping. Amazing. And you can get a lot of things cheaper than what you would from your Cisco Gordon's. I'm trying to think nationally here. So I don't know what you have in your area, but your food vendors or, you know, your suppliers that you're getting things from those things are usually marked up higher because they are delivered. So if you're having them delivered, that's probably a markup. If you, and they're just higher in general. So shop around, look at your cost of goods. If it takes you 30 seconds to go to another website and place an order, it takes you 30 seconds. That is, that is a good, that is a good investment of your time because you're saving yourself now, if it was like $2, that's probably not a big deal, but sometimes you're saving yourself $30 per or like per box or per case. 
pay attention to those things. Um, do your shopping, look at other vendors. This is your time to do that and review. Okay. Well, for us, we do catering in house. We like to have all our food costs below 30%. I'm going to look at my food costs and what I paid each vendor versus what we actually made in gross sales for catering. I'm going to look at that and then I'm going to compare the two and say, oh, okay, I spent way too much. I spent 40%. Why did it go up 40%? Was it because inflation? Can I get this at a cheaper place or, you know, a cheaper vendor um, with the same quality? There's different things you have to weigh. Do I need to raise my prices? That's another little section we'll talk about. Um, and another thing, like I said, our, our, you know, sinkholes or staffing, a lot of that is, is labor. When you're in the hospitality industry, a lot goes into labor, especially if you have catering or bar service, because you need servers, you need a chef, you need bartenders, you need those people to operate that because you, you got also, you also have a venue. So, um, really weigh those costs, look at those, make sure that they're within your guidelines and set those guidelines earlier on in the year. So then that way you can kind of follow through and stick to it, stick to it. If it becomes, even if it's an inconvenience, I know 30 seconds sometimes is just a major make or break moment where you're like, I got 30 seconds to do this and press the, and press the button. Consider it because sometimes it's not as much as a convenience where based upon upon the cost. So, um, then the next thing is to really look into your staffing. And I can say this in two different ways. I can say this as, do you need to hire more to accommodate your growth or do you need to hire more to promote your growth? Um, there's also, do you need to get rid of staffing because you're just not seeing the return? Uh, consider that you need to look at the numbers. But staffing, to accommodate your growth, you're going to need staffing. You can't do all this by yourself. So you're hiring staffing to accommodate for the next year's growth or accommodate for the next year's events. If you've lost staffing over the slow times of winter months here in the Midwest, is our slow time, um, or do you need to hire staffing to promote your growth? Do you need to invest to get a return? Do you need to hire a venue manager to do more tours? Are you getting more inquiries and more tour bookings than your schedule can fit? You might need to hire somebody in to give more tours because that way you can book more events and you can get them in quicker. Um, you know, millennials and Gen Z just does not like to wait. So you might need to look into booking, a, like hiring a venue manager, manager, goodness guys, hiring a venue manager to book more tours and bring more openings so you can get more clients in and generate more bookings. Um, do you need to hire, I don't know, are you looking into expanding into the catering side? Do you need to expand and promote growth of your business? Do you need a sales manager that is going to go out and actually do the sales for your business? Um, there, there's different things that you might need to hire more staffing for. Um, another thing to really consider is in-house cleaning services. So hiring your own staff to clean and flip the space. 
I say this because I have reached out to cleaning companies and what costs them $30 an hour for one person that takes eight hours to clean my building, just clean it, takes two staff members at $15 an hour to do it for four hours. So right there, three, six, nine, I'm saving $120 per event, per clean. Just because I went to two staff members paying them $15 an hour for two, and it's four hours versus paying a cleaning lady $30 an hour for eight hours. I just did the simple math in my head. I hired in my own staff. Does that come with some other challenges of, one, you got to take the time to hire them. Two, you got to make sure you put them on payroll. Three, you got to keep them on payroll so they don't leave. Um, And you got to trust them. To me, that was worth the sacrifice. Because $120 versus 50 events, I mean, you're looking over, you're looking at six grand to six, $6,500 a year. That's a year. You're spending that much additional on cleaning. That makes a big difference. Um, I mean, that to to us, that's a small wedding. I don't want to pay that. I'm going to try to focus on those gaps. And that's one of our sinkholes was cleaning. So guess what? I fixed that sinkhole and brought that lower. So then that way it wasn't as big of a hole as (laughs) it should be. Um, another thing is, as we, every year there's kind of like a staff reset for the next year here in the Midwest. Like I said, we kind of slow down once January hits January to March is kind of slow. March will get a couple weddings and then April hits and it's like busy, busy, busy. But because it's, it's cold, people don't want to get married when it's cold. I have no idea why, because I like the cold weather. That's why I live in Indiana. That's just just the fact of living in Indiana. Usually I love it. So, and it's rainy and slushy and cold right now. Love it. Cozy weather. But we usually don't book as many. And so that means our staff that are like part-time weekenders, like our servers that come in on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and get maybe 16 to 20 hours a weekend. Now we have no events for them. Usually they fade off. Usually they are they dwindle. And if I have that staff come back the next year, that's very surprising. And it's that they have more seniority. They get a little bit more, you know, trustworthy, more shifts, to be honest, because I trust them to be here and I want to keep them. So they've proved their loyalty, loyalty to me. So they, every 20, you know, end of 2022, probably about February, March, we're going to start hiring in more servers because those servers that usually work per event don't stick around over the winter. They go find another job and then they're not available anymore. So that's always something you have to consider. So look back on their job duties. Make sure that you have them doing the full extent of what they need to do. Were there any gaps that you just saw that, oh, the kitchen wasn't clean enough? There was, we had some issues keeping the oven clean. Do I need to add that to somebody's job duty? Do I need to create something for staffing? Do I need to do checklists or anything like that? Maybe you need to look into it. Also with staffing, you need to look into providing handbooks. Do they know what to wear? Do they know what your general, you know, pay 
is for their, you know, their shift? Or do they know when your pay schedule is? Do they know, you know, your business, your business, um, you know, values, core values? Do they know that? Probably not. A lot of times people, if it's a small business, you don't have an employee handbook. It takes, it takes literally four or five hours to create an employee handbook. I have one. I give all my new employees handbooks and it explains what happens their first shift. It explains what to wear, our pay schedule, our company core values. Um, it, it, it also includes attendance, you know, how we handle attendance and disciplinary actions. So there's so many things that can go into it and it's super explanatory and it helps the communication with you and your staff. So look back on that and see if there's anything you need to add, any policies, any procedures that will help you kind of streamline your business as well and make it flow better and actually get you out of having to manage so much. You just explain what you need. Um, You also need to look back and see if there's anything that you did in 2021 that was a flop or fail. Sorry, wait. No, not a flop or fail. It's like... Heck, I don't know what you would call it. Is it a, <laughs> is, was it, did it go well or did it fail? Look back on those projects that you did. Um, was there anything that you implemented that was new and it did really well and it just fell off by the end of the year and nobody else did it again? How do you keep that and maintain that? Because it obviously showed some, some positive, you know, reward from that. So look back on any of those. Also, look back on you know, policies that you had or you implemented in your contract that just failed. Nobody followed the policy. Why did they fail? Question it. Why did they fail? And do you need to be stricter? Do you need to add consequences in? Do you need to adjust the wording in your contract? So next step is review your contracts. Look over your contract. Did you have issues in 2021? Were certain parts of your contract where people were violating parts of your contract? Maybe you need to reevaluate how to handle the situations. Were they destroying your building? Were they, you know, I don't know. I, I've seen some horror stories about like how people shove stuff in their toilets, in the bathrooms and like clog the toilets. That is a nightmare for me. I've never had that happen. I have had a urinal overflow. <laughs> I have had a urinal overflow a couple of times actually. Um, didn't know it was an issue. I had that fixed immediately. But um, it. the thing is, is that there's there's little gaps and like things in our services that we don't think are going to be a big issue. And then they become an issue and then you have to add them to your contract or then you have to invoke new policies to avoid those issues again. So rethink about all of the events and then redo your contract. Find a way to avoid those situations. Um, Ours was a, a big one that we redid last year was alcohol policies. I mean, it's in our contract. It was said no personal alcohol on the property. We have right to shut down the bar, but it didn't say anything else. It didn't explain how we handle the policies. Like what are the procedures if we have issues? We need to over communicate that to our clients because they just assumed that we were the issue. 
So what I did is I said, okay, well, we have a four, fourth offense policy. So the first offense, you know, our officer goes up to the person, you know, that's violating the rules, handles that. If they don't listen, we come to you and it's your responsibility to handle it. If you don't handle it, then I just shut down the bar. And if it continues and you guys want to start being a problem, then I kick everyone out. That's how it goes. And it's written in my contract, exactly that. And it also states that I can go to the fourth offense without notice. So if there's any physical violence, if there's any, you know, if they just start being a pain in my butt and they're, you're really destroying my venue or destroying property, I will immediately go to the fourth offense and I will kick everybody out. I do not have to go, I do not have to follow that order, but this is how I normally do it. And that's stated all within the contract. So they know exactly what's going to happen. They know those because what was happening is it was pretty vague in my contract. Like, yeah, you can't do this, but didn't tell them what I was going to do and what the consequences were. The consequences are those, what I just listed. And that's what I was doing, but they weren't, they weren't registering that as, oh, I have to, I have to do this or this is what's going to happen. No. So I just put it in writing, put it in writing, made sure that they were aware of it. So really reevaluate your policies um, and then do that before you start booking more contracts. I would say do that probably like November at the like latest of the year prior because that's what I did because engagement season starts from Thanksgiving to Christmas area and I'm booking in contracts and all these contracts that are coming in don't have this on their contract. So I do that a little bit earlier than the next year. But I mean, if you do it into 2021 or whatever it might be, then you probably need to look back at that and uh, and see if there's anything you need to add, because especially if it's a major pain point for you. Um, do you see any, you know, gaps that you can capitalize off of. So in the industry in general, do you see anything that clients need that your clients really need that isn't available? Is there something there? I saw this really good story, um, really inspiring kind of business mentality of this woman who realized that brides were having issues getting maid of honors. This is a problem. I don't think a lot of people know of it. I, I feel like I had an issue with that. I really don't have a lot of close, close friends that I could trust as being the maid of honor to do the bridal shower, to do the, you know, the bachelorette party, to be there for the day of, to make things go a little smoother for, you know, the bride. I didn't have that really. So... Of course, I put somebody in that position that I felt would be a good fit, which was my sister-in-law, um, and she did great, but this woman actually created a business model where you could hire, hire a maid of honor for the day or for the month or to do all these events that you need based on what you really need. You could hire her to be your maid of honor, and she, her business took off because she found a gap that was needed within the wedding industry. And she capitalized off of it. She made it into a business. So is there anything that's in your, you notice that clients need 
that your clients are really struggling with. And sometimes all it takes is a little bit of communication with your clients to ask them, you know, three, 30 days before the wedding, ask them, was there something you really struggled with over the planning process? I can tell you a lot of it is budgeting. A lot of it is budgeting. And maybe that's that can be fall under the planning, you know, wedding planner kind of, you know, mentality. But a lot of people don't have a wedding planner. They don't always need a full service wedding planner. They need somebody to help them with their budget. Figure out what they should spend. Because I can tell you those online budgets, they aren't very good. <laughs> because it it doesn't allow the customization that really is needed. Um, some people value fo- their photos over their cake. You know, so a, a, a percentage that everybody spends is not going to be correct. So maybe they need to have somebody help them with their budget. I don't know. This is just an idea. So analyze your market, analyze your clients and what they need. Maybe there's some gaps in there that you could capitalize off of and actually introduce a new service or ponder a new service. It's always good to get new ideas. And then finally, finally for the last part to get into 2022, what you need and absolutely must do is to set goals. Set your goals because without goals, without goals, you have nothing to reach. You have nothing to push you to generate and build your business. So set your goals at the beginning of the year. This is not, this is not, you know, a new year's resolution. This is, this is your financial goals. So what do you want to make it in that year? You can break this down as a gross for the whole year. What do you want to gross for the whole year? Do you just want to be out of the red and in the black? (laughs) Like, do you just want to be a profitable business? Is that your goal? Set that goal and then reevaluate those financials and those gaps so you can reach that goal. Um, Is your goal to... Keep all expenses for each event under 50%. Then reevaluate your financials to keep all your, you know, all your costs under 50%. Um, Or raise your prices. I think a lot of times we're undervaluing ourselves. If the cost of an event is over 80%, you need to reevaluate what you're charging. I mean, definitely look back at, you know, why the costs are so high. But then look at your space and look at your services and look at the quality that you are providing and don't under don't undercharge. Don't devalue your time. Don't devalue your services because they do they are in demand and you need to realize how important you are and your services and your businesses for others to realize how important they are. So keep that in mind when you're going through your financial goals. Um, are you looking to book so many events per year? That's one of my big goals. I I like to, I do have a financial overall goal for the year. This is how much I want to make gross. Um, 
And then I know I want to keep everything under, you know, 40% on, you know, cost. And then this is what I want. And this is how many events that I think I need to book to meet that financial gross, that yearly gross amount. So I will divide that by however many events. And then I have, and then I have an event sales goal. <laughs> so I break it down into segments. So I've got my yearly. How many events can do I think I need to have to hit that yearly goal? Then if, you know, and then how, how much do, if I'm hitting that yearly goal, how much does each event need to like cost? How much do I need to charge per event to hit that? So I've got this little segment of kind of ideas of my goals um, and I will put them up and I will remember those all year. I will look at that all year that final invoice that I give to my clients, I will look at their invoice and I will be like, dang, I'm short $2,000. How can I get that up to meet my goal? And I keep that in mind and I don't lose track of that goal. I will keep replaying it over and over in my head and focus in because if I focus, I'm going to keep pushing towards that. And you could even put your goals as business operation. Do you want to have better leadership in your business? okay, how do you get to that goal of better leadership? What is the definition of that goal? What's the definition of better leadership to you? More communication? Okay, well, how do you put in more communication? Do you add in an employee handbook? Do you want to keep your staff longer? Do you want to increase your staffing? Um, Do you want to control your temper. I mean, whatever your definition of better leadership is, set that goal and then look how you re- look back to how you can reach that goal. Um, introduce new services. Do you want to introduce some new services? What are your goals for those new services? And, you know, accurately judge if that service is going to be profitable or not and you can always test run it. That That's part of the business. That's part of, there's always going to be some failing before there's some success. So, but make sure you go back again and see what you're, you know, what you failed on from the year before. And if there's any gaps on that, that you can actually tweak to make it successful. Do you want to update your property? Are there things that you need to do to your property? Uh, for us, we need a new parking lot. We need a new parking lot, and that's like $70,000. We want to pay cash for it. So what do I need to get to that $70,000 in order to pay cash for that? So there's, there's so many different goals that can kind of go into it, but really set those early on and stick to them. I don't care if it's you posting a vision board, but your vision board needs to be visual so you can see it every day. And you can focus in on that and focus on those goals so you don't lose them. And always have them in mind every time you're generating an invoice, every time you're looking to increase, you know, business and introduce new services, every time that your staff comes in with a problem and instead of getting hot-headed and, you know, rejecting their issues, maybe look at your goal to better leadership and remember that and Think back to it. Okay, this is how I need to handle this situation. How can I be a better leader? That was one of my goals. 
So that's it for this week, guys. I hope that 2022 brings you so much joy. Um, I hope it brings you business prosperity. I want you to really step into 2022 with a positive mindset. Um, we're coming out of some hard years, some difficult years. And if you've made it this far, you're really in it to win it. And I know that you will, you will make it through 2022 and you will be just as successful as you were in 2021, if not more, if you just keep pushing forward and you look back on your 2021 and, you know, enhance what you failed at and learn from that and set your goals. So that's it, guys. I will talk to you next week. See you later. Do you know another venue owner, event professional, or maybe an entrepreneur that you think will benefit from this podcast? Why don't you share it with them and help me inspire others? Stay informed by following or subscribing to this podcast. You'll be notified each time an episode is posted. You can also follow me for more tips and inspiration on Instagram at Elegantly Unclamorous Podcast or on our website at ElegantlyUnclamorous.com. I'll see you next time.